Welcome everybody to the Ride In NFL DFS podcast brought to you by FanshareSports.com. Get over there and check out all their buzz ratings and ownership tools to see who's going overlooked and who's going overowned in week 10. All right, so it is Thursday afternoon. I am on my way to my second job. After I teach the kiddies in the morning, I teach a college course at night two nights a week so the kid just doesn't stop he's got like 10 jobs and one of them is to bring you the cash considerations for week 10 so let's get into it this week I think there's two top options Lamar Jackson Drew Brees obviously Lamar has a really safe floor with the way he runs the ball uh, in fact Cincinnati gives up the most yards per play in the league. Lamar ran for 150 yards on them in their last meeting. I can really see him absolutely dominating this game. I also could see uh, it getting to a point where, you know, the third quarter rolls around, they're up three touchdowns, and, you know, they're not necessarily calling run plays. He might scramble a little bit, but they're not calling design read options. You know, they're just pounding Mark Ingram, pounding Justice Hill. Uh, so that could be the case, Gus Edwards. However, if that's the case, if they're up three or four touchdowns in the third quarter, it likely means that Lamar Jackson has already had a massive fantasy day. So I think I wouldn't worry about a blowout factor there too much. Drew Brees at home against the Swiss cheese Falcons secondary. Uh, he's only played two games this year and he is absolutely dominated in both. Michael Thomas is unguardable. He just gets him the ball, and that's the end of it. Alvin Kamara's back. He's lethal in the passing game. Uh, Traquan Smith is back. He's an added dimension. You know, all these things help Drew Brees mightily. So at 6,700, I think he's in play if you can't get up to Lamar Jackson. In fact, I think I might even prefer him on a point-per-dollar basis. And then if you're paying all the way down, Ryan Tannehill in a matchup that is going to see Patrick Mahomes return to the field. At least that's what it looks like as of this point. Uh, I think that Kansas City is going to score some points, and I think Tannehill is going to be forced to throw a good deal. And we've seen in the last two weeks, three weeks, that you know they trust Tannehill to throw the ball. He's pretty accurate. He's getting the job done. And he also has Sneaky rushing upside. You know, last week he rushed for 40 yards and a touchdown, and he he flashed that at in college and at Miami um, with the Dolphins. He's not, you know, Lamar Jackson. He's not even Dak Prescott in terms of mobility. But I'll say he's, you know, like maybe Aaron Rodgers. When the pocket breaks down, he can extend the play with his legs, and he also has enough speed and mobility to pick up five, eight. 10, 12 yards when the pocket breaks down. So that is something that is not to be understated. If you're paying all the way down, jamming a bunch of studs in, I can see potentially getting Ryan Tannehill in the lineup, in your cash lineup, but I really think I'm going to try my hardest to get Breeze and Lamar Jackson. At running back, Christian McCaffrey. You know, we're getting to see this trend where um, guys that are getting a ton of touches 
just get hit with the Q tag all week because they're limited. They want them to not be full participants in practice. I don't think there's anything to worry about with McCaffrey and the Q tag just yet. I'm not afraid of 10.5K on DraftKings against the Packers, who are giving up the second most yards per play the last five or six weeks. And he's just going to get 30 touches and dominate with them. It's, it's really hard to enter a cash lineup this week and not have McCaffrey be part of it. Right under him, or at least $1,700 under him, is Saquon Barkley. I don't think it's possible to get Saquon and McCaffrey in a cash lineup this week. There's just not enough value elsewhere. I could understand if you want to pivot to Barkley in cash. I actually could understand it this week because of the lack of value. Um, I don't think, I think their medium projections are, you know, somewhat similar. I think even from maybe a point per dollar standpoint, Barkley against the Jets at 8,800 may be somewhat even to McCaffrey at 10.5 against the Packers on the road. That said, the safety of McCaffrey's floor is just through the roof, and I don't know if I could leave him out of cash lineups. Under those two, we have two backs at 7K that are somewhat game script dependent in Nick Chubb against the Bills and Marlon Mack against the Dolphins. I really can't see any other scenario than the Colts just pounding the ball down the Dolphins' throats. However, if Mack is a victim of touchdown variance and he only, say, rushes for 110 yards, no catches, no touchdowns, that's that's an issue because on FanDuel, that's 11 points. On DraftKings, that's 14 points. That's not paying off his salary. So you're kind of hoping for some luck box TDs with Mack if you're playing him in cash. That's not something that I normally try uh, to pay up for. Chubb is a little bit more involved in the passing game. However, he doesn't play the amount of snaps that he should. 60% of snaps the last two weeks for Chubb. Kareem Hunt's back. Dontrell Hilliard's getting a ton of snaps. I feel like they give him the touches when he's in the game, but he's not always on the field. If Buffalo were to get up uh, on the Browns, which is definitely plausible, you know, I could see Chubb ceding some work to Hilliard or Hunt um, on passing downs. And I really don't think, I think there's some other options lower priced than these guys that we can get into our lineup. I love those two for tournaments, though. And I will get into that in a second on how guys that are cash considerations that don't make it into my cash lineup do make it into my tournament player pool. Just below them, at 5.3K and 5K on DraftKings, we have David Montgomery and... Devin Singletary. Uh, Montgomery has seen a ton of work the last two weeks, has kind of exploded, to be honest. And this week he gets a Detroit run defense that just let Josh Jacobs run all over them, that gave up a ton of fantasy points to Saquon Barkley a few weeks ago. They are just, you know, just not equipped at the linebacker level to deal with opposing rushing games. And Montgomery has been involved somewhat in the passing game as of late too, catching four and three balls the last two weeks. So I think he is uh, definitely a cash consideration. And same thing for Devin Singletary. He has completely outsnapped and outtouched Frank Gore uh, the last two weeks. And, you know, the Bills have a run funnel Browns defense 
that I think Singletary can definitely take advantage of. Now, would a 5K Singletary and a 5.3K Montgomery normally be on my radar? No, but there's a ton of studs off the main slate. There are um, not, there isn't a ton of value at the other positions. So I think the issue here is that, you know, they are our best option. They're just, they're not great options, but it's our best bet at this point. And then I think we could we could give some uh, love to Ronald Jones at 4.3K. Bruce Arians says he's going to be the starter moving forward. He's more explosive. They showed that last week. The problem with Ronald Jones is he's not very effective most of the times that he's been on the field. Um, so he can obviously you know rack up 20 touches, but he could have 60 yards and nothing else to show for it with those 20 touches easily. And that's the issue with Ronald Jones. If you feel like, you know, the Buccaneers playing the Cardinals, if that's a good enough matchup to get it done, then I wouldn't fault you for pulling the trigger there, especially if you like the way the rest of your lineup looks. I don't know if I can have the stomach to, um, you know, slot Ronald Jones into a cash lineup. At wide receiver... I think Michael Thomas is an absolute stud. He should be in your lineup if you can get up to him. The problem is, like we've been saying, there isn't a ton of value this week, at least not yet. As always, tune in to the Saturday edition of the Ride In NFL DFS podcast to see if anything has changed in my thoughts from today. So Michael Thomas, for sure. And then I think if you're going to pay above you know, 6.5 or 7K for a receiver. Just make it Michael Thomas. Fine. He's going to win any 2v2 or 3v3 that you put him in most likely uh, with his projection. So there's really no reason to like drop down to a 7.5K Cooper Cup or anything like that because Thomas is just a beast. If you're going to pay up at one receiver spot, spot just find the salary for Michael Thomas. I don't care if that's switching off your favorite defense and dropping down to one that you are so-so on. Obviously, getting to Thomas is a priority. So from there, it's a bunch of 5K and high 4K wide receivers. If Le'Veon Bell sits, I think Jamison Crowder is in for a huge workload, right? All those checkdowns that go to Bell could potentially be thrown Crowder's way. And he, you know, with Darnold, has had two... Darnold's only played with Crowder in in three or four games, and two of them have been almost 10-catch games. He likes to check the ball down. If Lev Bell isn't there, I think Crowder becomes the lone safety valve for Sam Darnold, and that is how uh, they kind of move the chains and stay on schedule. I also like Devontae Parker. I mean, who thought that I would have... If you told me in August that I was going to play Devontae Parker in cash two weeks in a row... I probably would have told you I might as well quit DFS at this point. But listen, he paid off for us last week, almost 4Xing his salary. And this week, I think it's going to be more of the same. Uh, Obviously now with Preston Williams out of the picture and the Dolphins just not having any semblance of a run game, I think Ryan Fitzpatrick's probably going to drop back 50 times against the Colts. And Parker has a ton of touchdown equity. He's a great touchdown scorer. I think that he will undoubtedly see some end zone looks, and I think he can push for 10 targets at 4.8K. I like the 
Panthers receivers as well. Uh, they didn't come up too much in price, and both Samuel and DJ Moore like just dominate the target share uh, amongst non-Christian McCaffrey players in Carolina, right? So if you take McCaffrey out of the equation, obviously he gets a lot of targets, but there really isn't a third receiver in Carolina, and Greg Olson hasn't been getting a ton of targets. It's really just DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel. Both of them are just target hogs amongst the wide receivers. I think we can get them in. Zach Pascal, Do I want to play a 5.3K Zach Pascal, uh in my cash lineup? No. Do I think he is viable? Yes. There, like I said, there's not a ton of value this week. And without Paris Campbell and T.Y. Hilton against this atrocious Miami secondary, I wouldn't doubt to see a similar line to last week where he went 5 for 70 in a touch. Aside from that, there's not a ton else that I love. Christian Kirk... Um, can definitely uh, be a consideration. He, he doesn't have much touchdown equity, which hurts, but he definitely has uh, volume, reception, potential. He could go for 8 or 10 catches easily. The problem is Arizona, some weeks, spread the ball out. Everybody has 4 catches. And then some weeks, you know, Kirk has 10 catches and everybody else has 2 or 3. And we really can't pinpoint those weeks, but I think... Kurt is Kirk is viable as well. At tight end, I think we have eh, two options, three options, maybe four. So obviously Travis Kelsey is 6.4K. If you can somehow get him in against Tennessee, I think that's a pretty safe play. He hasn't been the Travis Kelsey of last year, but don't let that uh, fool you. He has been very steady, and with Mahomes back, I think that bodes well for Kelsey. Uh, I think Austin Hooper's probably my favorite play, especially if Matt Ryan is back. You know, I think the I think the Falcons are going to have to throw pretty much every down. Uh, and that this reminds me, also Devonta Freeman at 5,100, I think, can be considered for cash with Edo Smith out and the, with the amount of receptions that he sees. But uh, back to Hooper, you know, he's just seen a ton of volume this year. Uh end zone warrior, scores a ton of touchdowns. I think in a shootout with the Saints, he makes a lot of sense. And then there's two pay down options. Mike Gesicki of the Dolphins went six for 90 last week. And I don't think that is something that uh, was a one week aberration. With Preston Williams out, with no run game, basically the same thing I'm going to say about Gesicki, I'm going to say about Devontae Parker. They're probably going to throw on every down. They have no run game. They're down their most targeted receiver over the last few weeks in Preston Williams. So that leaves Parker and Gesicki, and it looks like Pat Fitzpatrick loves to target Gesicki. Uh, and then a bunch of also-ran speedsters that only really get targeted down the field or with, like, bubble screens, and that's Albert Wilson and Jakeen Grant. So I think Parker and Gesicki are in play this week. And then lastly, Rhett Ellison. If, if Evan Engram is out, Min Price, Rhett Ellison, when he got the start uh, a few weeks ago against the Patriots, he went 3-for-30, which is nothing to scoff at. But, you know, the Giants facing the Jets, decent matchup, no Sterling Shepard, no Evan Engram. I think we could see Rhett Ellison with six, seven targets um, as maybe a ceiling. And if he could turn that into 5-for-40 in a touch, that's just absolutely crushing value at his salary. 
And then finally, defense. There's a few defenses that I like. Um, I think the Colts against the Dolphins, if you're paying up, that's out. That's the obvious option. They should get after the Dolphins pretty nice. Uh, I also like the Steelers. You know, it looks like probably not the best matchup, um, but the Rams are without Brandon Cooks. And to be honest, Jared Goff hasn't played great, and the Steelers are the second best team in the league with adjusted sack rate and another top five or maybe top seven after last week team in adjusted sack rate is the New York Giants I think that game can also be targeted that Giants Jets game both offensive lines are so so the Giants can really get after the quarterback uh we saw last week they had Dallas in in their grips for most of the first half and then a little bit of the second the second half and then they just let it slip away but you know, we're not really, we don't really care if they, if they don't limit points. We want lots of turnovers. Darnold's going to turn the ball over. Daniel Jones is going to turn the ball over. Jared Goff can definitely have streaks where he turns the ball over. So I like, and obviously, I mean, Ryan's, Ryan Fitzpatrick is the king of turnovers. So those four defenses, I think, depending on the price point, how much you have left when you fill out the rest of your roster, can all be considered. Okay, so I got a few questions on Twitter about something that I said last week on the podcast. Uh, It was, I mentioned that I had a pretty solid GPP team because I hedged and the players that I didn't, that didn't make my cash lineup ended up as, um, you know, a heavier part of my core in tournaments. And I do that all the time. It's kind of just like a natural hedge that I put into play when I'm struggling on a 2v2 or a 3v3 cash versus GPP. So last week what happened was I was down to uh, Chris Godwin, the Buccaneers, and no, I'm sorry, Chris Godwin, the Redskins defense, and Phillip Rivers, right? So I had the six, I had six uh, slots of my cash lineup absolutely locked in. And then I was waffling between, waffling between Rivers, Godwin, and the Redskins, or Stafford, DJ Moore, and the Steelers, and I ended up choosing incorrectly for cash. I chose uh, the Godwin Redskins Rivers tandem. But when that happens, what I do for when, when I make my um, tournament teams, I will make sure that Stafford, the Steelers defense, and DJ Moore are bumped up in percentage of lineups in tournaments. And that basically is just me saying, I really like these guys. I would hate it if they went off, being that they just missed out on my cash lineup. So I'm going to make sure that I get them in overweight in my tournament lineups. And that always happens. If you notice, guys, I mean, when I write, when I talk to you on this podcast, when I write uh, the players that I like on 4 for 4, I give you a few options, right, at different price points. And the ones that I end up choosing for cash don't always necessarily make up my core for tournaments. It's usually the the two or three guys at each position that I don't choose to put in my cash lineup that make up my core in tournaments. Because I know that I really like their their chances of having big games, but they just got beat out. So as, as a hedge, I make sure that they are in a large percentage of my tournament lineups. And what that does is it makes for weeks that I, it makes it hard for you to, for me to cash in 
GPPs and cash games every week. And pretty much to this week, that's how it's to this point in the year. That's how it's gone, right? I've had smash cash weeks and, uh, the weeks that I've gotten absolutely crushed in cash, I've had a second place in a GPP. And then last week I did okay. Um, so basically it is, and I mean, don't get me wrong guys, there's weeks where I lose in cash and tournaments. Let that be known. Uh, but as a hedge, that's just what I like to do. Okay, guys, that will do it for the Ride In NFL DFS podcast for week 10. Make sure that you tune in to week 10's update on Saturday. Uh, we'll go over any injury information, coach speak, beat writer reports that may have changed the information that we discussed today. If this podcast was a little noisy, uh, you know, I was on a different road today. The rain was pounding on the windshield. You might have heard the uh, the windshield wiper here or there. So apologize for the sound quality, but obviously really the only way that I could get this podcast to you is when I'm in the car. You know, home life is just way too hectic. There's not a minute where somebody's not screaming or barking. Uh, so, you know, the ride in is the best I could do. Hopefully the sound quality is okay. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Hopefully you hit a GPP, win all your cash games this week. I'll talk to you on Saturday.